Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. You are listening to the Dan Patrick show on Fox sports radio. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine to noon Eastern or six to nine Pacific on Fox sports radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Final hour on this Thursday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Heard from Steve Alford, played for Bob Knight at Indiana, won a national title. Now the Nevada head coach, he reminisced on uh, Coach Knight and the uh, complex person that he was, passing away at the age of 83. Ross Tucker, he joined us, got us ready for the Titans and the Steelers. That's tonight with the Titans getting three with Will Levis at the helm. And Ross Tucker pointed out something. I love when an analyst will tell you something, so then when you're watching the game, you can remember this. And he said, keep an eye on play-action pass. Because the Atlanta Falcons thought that the Titans were going to run the ball with Derrick Henry against them last week because Will Levis had not played. Well, they let Will Levis carve it up with four touchdown passes. And Ross Tucker said, keep an eye on the Steelers. They will not fall for the play-action pass because... They're basically saying, we're expecting you to throw the football. We're not as concerned if Derrick Henry runs the ball. NASCAR championship season at Phoenix. One final showdown out west. Four drivers enter. One leaves. NASCAR's champ next Sunday at 3 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Seton O'Connor is doing the duties. Yes, he said duties of uh, the poll question today. Duty. Crappensburg State. Yeah, hello. Uh, Whose career would you rather have up to this point? Right now, Corey Seager still has half the vote. Is that recency bias or is that legit? I think it's recency bias because you're probably not sure all of Corey Seager's resume, whereas you know Mike Trout's and you know Bryce Harper's. Corey Seager's is like, oh, that's right, rookie of the year. Oh, you won a title with the Dodgers, MVP. Okay, all right. And and it comes down to also Mike Trout hasn't really played in the postseason. And uh, Corey Seager has had two World Series titles and won the MVP. And that's only happened with three other players in baseball history. So is it recency bias? Yes, but I can understand it. I mean, it's what you value. If you say, I won a couple of Super Bowls, but I wasn't a Hall of Fame player. Or would you rather be a Hall of Fame player and you didn't have success in the postseason? 
We discussed this yesterday. Paulie said he would take Eli Manning over Dan Marino. Uh, and I said, you're crazy. I, I feel, I, I half regret what I said. You should feel dirty. But, oh man, I stick by it, but it Dan is. Dan Marino is iconic. He is the highest end example of someone who didn't win a Super Bowl or win a title in their sport, I think. There's no better athlete at their sport who didn't win. Like, to me, Charles Barkley's right there. What about I, Mike Trout? I think he's equal to Dan Marino. Yeah, but he's not iconic like Dan Marino was. Like Dan Marino, everything about him, he looks like a movie star. He, he played differently than any other quarterback. I mean, he threw the ball deep to Duper and Clayton. He was exciting. Yes, Mark. He was an Ace Ventura. More importantly, he was an Ace Ventura. Also, a Hootie and the Blowfish video that I was in as well. Yes, Mark. People are Dolphins fans because of Dan Marino. Yes. Yes. People 30 years later, anytime I go to a game where the Dolphins are playing on the road, there's 13 jerseys. Mm. And it is, you know, when you start to think now they're starting to maybe buy Tua jerseys. Whereas before, it would be like, what quarterback uh, jersey do you have with the Dolphins? Oh, Marino. The number of people who became Dolphin fans because of Dan Marino. I don't know. I haven't even thought of this, but the number of fans that one player is responsible for his franchise. Oh. (laughs) I know. Uh, mm. Yes, Todd. It's a bias on my end, but you're going to see Elway jerseys all over the place, not just in Denver, but everywhere. That seven stands out, even with Peyton Manning having been there. And it seems like every fourth seed has an Elway jersey. Okay. All right. Yeah, Paulie? I would say getting people who didn't even care about a franchise to care about them, Wayne Gretzky with the L.A. Kings. I mean, people. Everyone had a, a Kings jersey. Well, that was he was league wide. Like his his love, uh, his universal appeal was league wide. It wasn't just the Kings. But you're right. He made L.A. a hockey town, at least for a while. Yes, yes, Eaton. Well, I mean, I think the obvious one is Jordan, right? A lot of Chicago Bulls fans popped up because of that one fella. Yep. But if we just keep it to uh, to football, yeah, I would bet Joe Montana created a hell of a lot of 49ers fans all over the country. Okay. Barry Sanders? Mm. By the way, that documentary is going to come out right before Thanksgiving. It's called Bye Bye Barry. And uh, I took part in it because I've known Barry since his junior year at Oklahoma State. And uh, it's really well done. There's some good stuff. And and I, I didn't I didn't say this in the documentary, but I was thinking about it. The it should have been you know he his nickname could have been Air Sanders because that's usually what you had when you were trying to tackle him just Air, and Barry made more people miss he I think he made more tacklers look worse than any other player in football history when you think about oh my God what did he just do to that poor guy because there have been a lot of electric you know players running backs wide receivers nobody like Barry Sanders. Because I even said to Barry, do you know what you're doing when you're doing it? He goes, no. It's just, and his body moved in different ways. Gail Sayers is the only other player who had that ability that, you know, hips don't lie. He had that ability to make you miss. But watching some of the highlights when I was getting ready to be interviewed for the documentary, and I'm going, how did he do that? Yeah, Paul. I'll go back to when Michael Vick was drafted by the Falcons. That was big. Everybody wanted yeah. a Falcons jersey. Everyone wanted to tune into them. Yeah. From a tune-in factor, I, Michael Vick, his first year, didn't play a ton. He was like in and out, in and out. 
But, man, he brought attention to that team. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of players down through history that, you know, we're forgetting. Yes, Marvin? Current day, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. Going to the uh, Jets-Chiefs game earlier this month or last month, the amount of kids wearing number 15 jerseys was it was Steph Curry like yeah. or it was LeBron like where it was like hey who do you like you like the Chiefs <laughs> I mean I mean I guess but Patrick Mahomes <laughs> makes me like the Chiefs now yeah same thing with Steph or LeBron those guys that no matter where you go there's going to be a ton of people cheering for that one player H seven seven three DP show email address DP at danpatrick.com Twitter handle at DP show uh, I've made the comparison I think others have made the comparison Ralph Sampson played at Virginia. Played for the Rockets. Injuries uh, curtailed his career, but he was still a Hall of Fame center. And uh, when I saw him play, you saw somebody who had size, 7'4", but, you know, skill. That he could have been Victor Wambayama before Victor Wambayama. We just didn't treat our big men that way. And he played for a coach, Bill Fitch, who said, get inside. But Ralph, in today's game, would be like Victor Wambayama. He'd be a perimeter player. Uh, had great touch, had mobility, and could block a lot of shots. But uh, I wanted to have Ralph on on what kind of advice he would give Victor Wambayama. So Titans-Steelers coming up. Rangers beat the Diamondbacks to win their first World Series. What's the list now of teams who haven't won a World Series? It's at uh, Mariners, Padres, Rays, Brewers, Rockies. Those are the teams now that the Rangers off the schneid. Okay. Now, are we factoring in the Brewers with the Braves? Like, I don't because the Braves didn't they win one with Hank Aaron in Milwaukee? Um, so we're just talking about the Brewers, not the Milwaukee Braves. Yeah, because the, the if you look at official team history, they're the Seattle Pilots that became the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, the Milwaukee Braves are the Atlanta Braves history. Technically, yeah. So the Milwaukee Brewers, okay. I don't. So we're not talking about the city. Correct. We're talking, okay. Franchise. Okay. So the Mariners were the pilots. Uh, Padres. Brewers were the pilots. The pilots did one year in 69 yeah. in Seattle and then moved quickly to Milwaukee. Okay. Became... Seattle pilots were terrible. <laughs> Booted after one year. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> this is how bad you are. See ya. Uh, who was... So the Padre, who feels the, the Rays feel the closest, don't they? They had 99 wins this year. Yeah. Uh, the Seattle Mariners had 88 wins this year. and were just a couple games out of the playoff. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say the Rays probably feel closer. Who feels further away? Yeah, Mark. The way the Padres are spending, they should <laughs> be closer. Man, they had to take out a $50 million loan. Yikes. Uh, I don't think they have the money to re-sign Juan Soto. What are you going to pay Juan Soto? Like 10, 40, for 40 million, 400 million? If you see a Lone Shark logo on their uniforms <laughs> next year, you know where it came from. Well, no, you have bales, bail bonds on uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Bad News Bears. Bad News Bears, they're going to have that. Yeah, going to have that. Chico's bail bonds, I think. Uh, Deion Sanders is going to join us coming up next week. And the number one high school basketball player in the country, Cooper Flagg, will join us. He's going to go to Duke for one year and then probably go to the uh, the NBA. All right. Uh, back to the Rangers. Well done. 
And I know the ratings will be horrible, but if you're a Rangers fan and you've been really close to winning a World Series, I wouldn't worry about the ratings. Who saw it? Don't play the nobody gives us respect. Don't just enjoy it. Celebrate it. Win it again next year. Speaking of which, I have the odds to win the World Series next year, according to DraftKings. Anybody want to take a guess? Todd, I'll start with you. I'm going to go Philadelphia has got an axe to grind. They want to get right back there. They are fifth Ooh. in the odds. Paulie? Uh, the Braves. They are number one. Bloop, bloop, bloop. bloop, bloop then bloop, it's bloop, the bloop. Dodgers. That was going to be my guess, the Dodgers. Then it's the Astros. And then it's the Rangers. And then it's the Phillies. Yes, Eden. I was going to ask, yeah, I, I would bet that neither one of them are necessarily top three. But the Rangers? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Diamondbacks Di- aren't in there. Diamondbacks wouldn't they, be in there. They either, aren't, yeah. yeah, they aren't in there. Uh, in case you're wondering, I have over-under win totals for Colorado, the Buffaloes. Who wants to take a guess? Colorado, over-under win total this year, Marvin. I'm going to go five and a half. Blue, blue, blue. Did you see these? I did not. Okay. This or- time. Oregon. Over under. Oregon over under. Todd? Nine and a half. Paulie? Ten and a half. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Nailed it. USC over under, according to DraftKings, as of Thursday at 11 12 a.m. Eastern Time. Seton O'Connor, USC over under. Nine and a half. Marvin? Eight and a half. Bloop, bloop. Oh, oh, oh. One row destroying us. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah. I enjoy the subtle. Wow. That's a suspicious. Mm hmm. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Back to the Rangers. Been uh, here too long, Dan. Bruce, <laughs> Bruce Bochy, the Rangers manager on winning a fourth World Series. You now look at the list of managers who have won four more World Series, and we're talking Joe McCarthy, Casey Stingle, Connie Mack, Walter Austin, Joe Torrey, and Bruce Bochy. What does it mean to you to be on that list? Whew. It, you know, it's a little, really overwhelming uh, because of what those, you know, those men accomplish. Uh, I did uh, run into Joe Torrey a couple of days ago at the hotel and got to speak with him and what he did, the championships. Uh, you look at that and you know that you're benefiting from so many people, you know, wells dug by others. And, and so for me to get in this situation, uh, again, very fortunate, uh, but to be mentioned those names, yeah. I I never thought my wildest dreams when I started managing that I'd be in this position. Yeah, he's going to the Hall of Fame. He should be a voiceover guy when he's done. you imagine that? Beef. That's a good voice. You know what? Pickup truck. Ram. Yeah, Ram. Well, you still, who's doing Ram? Oh, Sam Elliott? Is, Is- Sam Elliott still doing that? I'd like to I'd like to pick off one of these that Sam Elliott's doing. Hang on, we'll look. Yeah, he does the Coors Coors Banquet beer. And then he does Ram trucks, I think. Yeah, it's got a hemi. No, that's not how he sounds. Yeah, but they're very big with the it's got a hemi. I want to make yes, sure Paulie. I got a couple of years ago, Jeremy Renner was doing Ram trucks. Okay. The actor. Okay. Sam Elliott out. Don't know why. Ooh. Okay. All right. I think you could take Jeremy Renner. Not, not a fist fight, because no, 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 no. he was a born identity. But Jeremy Renner? 
pipes? He's got nice pipes. Yeah, but he doesn't have these. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to be able to do that. Maybe just pick off one. Coors Banquet Beer. That's good work if you can get it. Yeah, it is. Yes, Paul. Dennis Leary's got F-150. Yeah, I know. He's doing a good job. There. Yeah, he is. All right. You know who's killing it? Uh, John Hamm. What's he, he voicing? He Mercedes. Wait a minute. He was doing, he was doing, yeah, I know, you should be insulted. He was doing Mercedes voiceovers even before Mad Men. Oh. He's been doing it that long. All right, fair enough. I um, like that loyalty from uh, one of our big sponsors there. Who else? Who's who? our guy that does uh, Reese's and... Uh, Will Arnett. Will Arnett is crushing. Yeah. Will Arnett's in a lot of stuff. He's very popular. He's been doing very well for a very, very long time. And then you have the uh, star from Succession does McDonald's. Do you think that Brian... What's that guy's name? It's not Brian Cox. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Do you think Brian Cox, when's the last time he had McDonald's? I might go as far to say he's never had McDonald's. Wow. You know what? He might be a hardcore uh, McDonald's guy. I don't, think, don't, think, so. I don't think so. I don't think so. Do you want to look into it? Want me to look into it? Yeah, well, I don't know. He strikes me as a quarter pounder and cheese guy. <laughs> I don't know. It's like Tiger driving a Buick. I don't know. Dude, those value meals cost like 20 bucks now. Do they? I don't know what kind of value that is, but that's, yeah. That's crazy. Can you order a kid's meal and then just not ask for the toy? Why? <laughs> well, it comes know. with it. You might as well. Yeah, this why? is a choking I, hazard. I, <laughs> a choking hazard? Just it comes with the toy. Just get the toy. Whatever. Give it, give it away. Uh, give it away. Give it away. Yeah. Give it away now. Yeah, Paulie. Josh Lucas, the actor, does a bunch of them. I think he does Home Depot. He's been doing that for years. Was he in Sweet Home Alabama? Yeah, don't do not do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> With Reith Witherspoon? You've seen that movie twice this week. Oh. Uh, You're uh, the worst when you do that. I love love. <laughs> it's a good movie. My family, we come up with every Christmas, we always say Weath Witherspoon, and you could sell wreaths, and you call, like, Retha Franklin. And then you'd have Reith Witherspoon. Who's, what do you think? Who's with me? Yeah, let's go. Come Reith, on. Reith you can use the break. You can voice over that. Reith Witherspoon. Yeah. And you would sell those wreaths at Christmas time. Brilliant. Thank you, Todd. Now I know it's a bad idea. <laughs> Paulie, find me a truck company that I can voice for. We're on it. Yeah. They don't even have to pay me. Well. A little bit. Gas yeah, money. Yeah, why? why? Yeah, throw over a truck. Well, uh, Ross Tucker said that he would be the uh, Raiders head coach for $2 million. Yeah, for the bargain price of $2 million, I'd be the Raiders <laughs> coach for one point five. All right, let me take a break. Ralph Sampson is going to join us coming up next here. Dan Patrick Show. Biggest sale of the year. Our listeners get early access, and it's our great friends at Legacy Box. Now, what do they do? They've been trusted by over one million families. Like ours. Legacy Box, simple, affordable, and safe. And what they do is they digitize the memories so you relive those moments. Holiday, past, birthdays, weddings, Legacy Box. And right now, as low as $9 a videotape. Legacy Box digitizes over 15 different types of analog media. So whether it's VHS tapes, the 8mm film reels, photo negatives, they've got you covered. They've been doing this for a decade now, helping over 1 million families Relive wedding days, chaotic Christmases, all of those. Relive your most important memories. Take advantage of Legacy Box, biggest sale of the year. 
Visit LegacyBox.com slash Patrick. Get early access to the Black Friday sale. Get started digitizing your memories for as low as $9 a tape. So that's over 60% off. LegacyBox.com slash Patrick. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Ralph Sampson's going to be honored at the Hall of Fame Series Charlotte event next week on November 10th. It's billed uh, as the uh, night to honor Ralph Sampson, and uh, he'll receive his Hall of Fame jacket during the presentation. His alma mater, Virginia, plays Florida that night. Tickets available at hofseries.com. What does that mean to you when somebody says Hall of Famer, Ralph? Ah, uh, you know, it's, um, especially with the Naismith Hall of Fame and the college and UVA, whatever, but it's very special because you're in the class of certain characters, as you know, um, that's played the game at a high level. Um, you know, it's uh, a great honor for me, family, um, friends, um, this this game against Florida and UVA will be special because they have new jobs and they didn't get to go to the Hall of Fame this year due to travel and family and stuff like that. But I'll get my new jacket and I'll wear it proudly. So it's special for me and my family and just to be there in the Hall of Fame and what it means, I think, to sports to be in any, any, any Hall of Fame is very special. Best player you played against was who? Myself. Well, you didn't <laughs> play against you. <laughs> You have, you have to play against yourself. And I tell, everybody tells me all the time, okay, you know, in, in that era, you had to think about 
I come out of Virginia and, you know, I, I stayed for four years, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I wasn't ready to play against Moses Malone when I was in high school. Artis Gilmore, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know, Robert Parrish. I mean, all the big boys thought they were much stronger and much wiser. And they loved to fight back in those days, as you know. So I had to play against them and get ready. But, you know, I tell everybody the hardest, the toughest, meanest person that I played against was Maurice Lucas. Uh, big Luke. With, and, and he was the sweetest guy, you know, at the off the court. I got to know him after the fact. But every time I played him, he would come to center court and he would punch me in my chest before the jump ball started. <laughs> I'm like, Luke, come on, man. Here we go again. And we had a fight when, in the, um, and we played the Lakers on the Western Conference Championship. And I'm like, man, come on, just don't, why are you going to hit me tonight already? So you already started before the game started. He said, well, I can't catch you. I can't jump as high as you can. So I just got to beat you up. I'm like, okay, whatever. But he, he was the toughest man I, I've ever played against. And the strongest was Artis Gilmore. Yeah. Uh, people don't realize how big Artis was, how strong he was. I mean, there's a couple of guys there just built differently in the NBA. Uh, Rick Mahorn was, was yeah. a, I mean, when he set a pick, it hurt. Uh, Mark Eaton is one of the biggest men. I mean, even Yao Ming, when Shaq stands next to Yao Ming, you realize how big Yao Ming is. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Shaq's not a small man, you know, uh, (laughs) but, but yeah, you're right. Uh, Artist is uh, the strongest human I've ever met. And if you ever shake his hand, he tries to break your hand before you even get it done. I've seen and games pick up a Kimbalajuan with his left hand and pick him straight up off the ground with one hand and move him anywhere he <laughs> wanted him to go. Uh, and, you know, he, he's just the strongest person that I think ever played in the game. And, you know, Rick Lahorn played well, but he knew what he couldn't do. He couldn't jump, couldn't run fast, but he could beat you up, right? And that's the way he played. I was wondering about with Victor Wambayama because when I do look at him, I do see you. But I wonder if you were coming up today you wouldn't have stayed four years at Virginia, I'm guessing, and you would have gone to the NBA. But do you think that you could have been used the same way, given what today's game – because you played for Bill Fitch. Bill Fitch is saying, get down on the blocks. But in today's NBA, would you have had that talent, you know, skill set to be able to do that? God bless Bill Fitch because, you know, seven-footers back then couldn't shoot threes. Yeah. I mean, you had to be close to the basket. So – I would have loved to play in today's game because, you know, I, you know, I got tired of being double team, triple team in the post, even from high school to college and to get loose and dribble. So that's why I learned to dribble. I got tired of getting double tap, couldn't get the ball. So the only way I could get it was rebound and take it to court myself. And so I was able to do that. But today's game would have been very, very fun to play in, shooting threes, dribbling, you know, and, and even posting up with guys that were smaller than me. Uh, I could take it to the post as well. So I would have been probably, I think, pretty good in the day's game for sure. What do you see with Wembayama and what concerns you? I mean, he has great talent. Um, I think he has a, a high motor. I watched him play the other night with uh, against Kevin Durant in the Phoenix Sun, where they ended up winning 115, 113. And it was an amazing game to watch him play. He only had 18 points, but... You know, I tell everybody, NBA is very smart. It's, it's the right or wrong reason he's with Greg Popovich, and he's one of the best coaches out there in the history of the game. I know with Tim Duncan and David Robinson, but he's going to have to have some players around him. But we'll see what happens uh, over the course and period of time, obviously. My concerns would be, 
his body, but I think and I watched him on some videotapes, I watched him on some Instagram stuff where he stretches, he has great flexibility. You know, when I came out and then the NBA they didn't have any weight rooms in any gyms. I was first one to board a weight room to the Houston Rockets to the NBA arena. And now San Antonio Spurs has a five hundred million dollar practice facility. You know, times have changed, right? So the diet is different, the workout's different. Although I was pretty good at what I did, but I had to cook my own food and prepare everything, which is fine. He has that to his luxury, but the the body has to fill out. He's still young. He's you know, he's still a young man. And the knees and the ankles after 82 games is going to be, we'll see where he's at the first year. But my, my, my concern would be that he plays against a smaller, quicker guy. And he's twisting turns and twisted his knee or ligament or joints, and, and, and that can hurt him. So I think he's got to get stronger uh, physically. Uh, but the game is, is, is phenomenal. I love his game. But the difference between putting on weight and building strength, what's, right. more, what's more important? He doesn't have to put on any weight. He's just got to get stronger. And you see his arms. He's had arms. He, his body's formed. It, it's, it's coming. But he doesn't have to put on bulk, right? We had to put on bulk and, and, and play in the post. And the body, you know, I was 250 pounds in my highest playing. I came in at 225, 230. But I put on strength, muscle, and weight. And sometimes that's not a, a good antidote for uh, playing in the NBA. But I think he'll put on just some strength, some pure strength, and then uh, be able to keep his flexibility, yoga and all the stuff he's doing, that I see he's doing online, and he will be a phenomenal player, no question about it. Ralph played in the yeah. NBA Finals 1986. I was at the uh, Boston Garden when you guys were playing in the NBA Finals. I was covering that. You probably don't remember me, but I, I was there, Ralph, just letting you know. Uh, what do you, you remember? What basket were you under? That's the question. That's <laughs> I, I didn't have good seats. But, but, you know, I, I was up in the rafters there. What do you remember most about playing against the Celtics? Oh, I mean, playing against the Lakers was fun and, and went in on that shot uh, to get us there. But everybody, you know, always wanted to play against the Lakers or the Celtics. I mean, you know, you play in that era because they were so good. You want to play and compete and beat them. So going to Boston was fun. Um, we were on a very good high coming from the Lakers to home and having all being celebrated to Boston. But we weren't quite ready for the Boston you know, fanatics. You know, you go there and when people from the taxi cab drivers to the hotel bus boys to the maids to everybody there with the Boston Green, right? So you have to be prepared for that mentally. And then, you know, we get, we get beat up a couple games, then we come back in, and then I have a, a nice fight, you know, in Houston because I wanted to win, I, you know, had a good first quarter. But I was having a conversation with uh, Cedric Maxwell um, in his radio show a year or two ago, whatever it was. And when I go to Boston and they, like, they hang Ralph, kill Ralph for, you know, having a arguing and fight with George Seasing and Dan Lynch, uh, they they had a... A poster, or a, uh, they, I guess they made out socks and hung an effigy over the Boston side at, at that point in time. And it was crazy, and the police made them take it down. But the thing, biggest thing I remember is not just the plan against Larry. Larry was very short. Larry, Larry could play, and he would, he was deadly. We would have Robert Reed go to the game early, try to beat Larry to the arena, and you never could beat him. You never could be. He would be there working out before. After, you know, he couldn't jump, you know, he couldn't run fast, but he was smart as a whip. So Robert Reed would try to go beat him to the arena. <laughs> he never did. 
They never did. And so we say, like, okay, Rob, just stop trying because he's going to kill you tonight anyway, right? So going there. But that was, the fun, that was the fun part, fun days. And then so the other piece of that, Bill Fitch, when we, you know, we knew we were going to lose, he made all of us get off the court. He took a timeout. All the starters got off the court into the locker room. But he knew that the Boston fanatics was going to swarm the court and something would happen. So, you know, we knew that. So it was fun. It was fun to play in that era. I mean, it was, it was, it was uh, a good time for me. Good to talk to you again. Uh, have fun on November 10th when uh, it's the night to honor Ralph Sampson. It'll be Virginia playing Florida. Thank you, Ralph. Good to talk to you again. Always good to talk to you. Take care and see you soon. That's uh, Ralph Sampson. Number one overall pick by the Rockets in the 1983 draft. And uh, Rookie of the Year. He was also three-time college basketball player of the year. And you saw, like, he has this unbelievable off-balance shot that he makes to beat the Lakers in Los Angeles. And then you go, you know, to face the Celtics. And I remember Robert Reed was going to be the Larry Bird stopper. And then you had Elijah Wan and you had Samson. And I just remember being fascinated by Akeem Olajuwon. That's when I fell in love with his game. And, and you could tell that the Celtics didn't really, and they had a great front line with Parrish and McHale, but Hakeem was a different, he was a different dude, man. He was awesome. But that Rockets team was a lot of fun. Yes, Marv. Were you guys expecting the Lakers-Celtics to meet for the third straight year? Like, what was the reaction around, like, the media and the nation when the Rockets beat them handily, too? It was like 4-1? I think we were all surprised. It was like, wow, the Rockets, are they ready for this? Because we knew the Lakers were going to be ready for that. and then But to be there, and I, I didn't go on the road. I always covered sports in Baltimore, Boston, Philly, New York, and D.C. And I covered a lot of things with the Red Sox or with the Celtics. And to be there when they won that title, to be there when Magic hits the, the sky hook over Kevin McHale and uh, wins that game, wins the title for the Lakers, Jack Nicholson was in the stand. Like, there was just so much stuff back then that was going on. And uh, I, I don't know if I was seasoned enough to understand what I was able to watch. Because I was, I was young covering that. And even the 86 World Series with you know, Bill Buckner with the Mets to be around for that. So you got to see a lot of wonderful historical events. Yes, Marv? As you get older, do you have a bunch of Forrest Gump moments? Like, man, I was there for that? I can't even believe that. They're just things that maybe you might not even remember that you were there for or didn't think it was a big deal at the time. Some of it, you didn't know how big of a deal it was. I was there with the 85 draft, um, you know, where you're I was there for the Ewing uh, lottery uh, event. Um, But I have all of these press passes. I, I, I saved them all. They're all over the doors here. And I just put them up as reminders of, oh, I was there for that. And you forget, uh, but I, I've been able to. I remember going in when the 76ers lost, and I, I interviewed Dr. J in the training room. And uh, like, just like these moments where you're going, you know, why was I there? Uh, Gretzky played the Philadelphia Flyers. I remember being in Philadelphia watching him. And I, it was the first time you're seeing him in person like that. And you're like, that guy is the guy that you would probably not, he'd be the last guy you'd picked if you didn't know who he was. You'd be like, all right, we're going to take that guy, that guy, that guy. All right, we'll take that guy. And then all of a sudden you're watching John McEnroe at the Garden, uh, the Rangers Islanders at the Garden. Uh, Ken Morrow scores the goal 
the Islanders go on this run. I mean, just so many great events uh, that you look back. I mean, I've been very fortunate being at the right place, but there is a Forrest Gump feel to that. You know, Officer Lieutenant Dan, that would be me. All right, let me take a break. And uh, last call for phone calls, what we learn, what's in store tomorrow. We're back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, we're Cavino and Rich. Fox Sports Radio every day, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. But here's the thing. We never have enough time to get to everything we want to get to. And that's why we have a brand new podcast called Overpromised. You see, we're having so much fun in our two-hour show, we never get to everything. Honestly, because this guy oh, is overpromising things we never have time for. Yeah, you blubber lips. Blaming me. Well, you know what? It's called overpromise. You should be good at it because you've been overpromising women for years. Well, it's a Cavino and Rich after show, and we want you to be a part of it. We're going to be talking sports, of course, but we're also going to talk life and relationships. And if Rich and I are arguing about something or we didn't have enough time, it will continue on our after show called Overpromised. Well, if you don't get enough Cavino and Rich, make sure you check out Overpromise and also uncensored by the way so maybe we'll go at it even a little harder it's going to be the best after show podcast of all time there you go over promising and remember you could see it on youtube but definitely join us listen to over promised with cavino and rich on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts the nikki glazer podcast her roast of tom brady stole the show now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the nikki glazer podcast i said tell tom brady that i'm the tom brady of roasting lots of people roasted the goat but only nikki is still being talked about every time i refresh my dms it's 14 blue check marks of people i didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me hear that in all episodes of the nikki glazer podcast on america's number one podcast network iheart open your free iheart app and search the nikki glazer podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Last call for phone calls. What we've learned and uh, what's in store tomorrow. Busy schedule tomorrow. Busy lineup. Rich Eisen will join us from Germany. He'll be on the call NFL Network 
with the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Also, Washington head football coach Kalen DeBoer will join us getting ready for USC. And uh, Chris Mad Dog Russo will stop by as well. It's a good job out of you, Dan. Thank you, Todd. All right, Paulie, this day in sports history. Just got a, actually got a couple good ones here. It was announced that George Herman Babe Ruth had applied for the job as the manager of the St. Louis Browns after being released as a coach of the Brooklyn Dodgers. You did not get it? 1938. 1972, construction began on the Kingdome in Seattle. 1992, Magic Johnson retired for the NBA for good. And underrated player, 1997, Eric Metcalf of the Chargers set an NFL record when he ran back two kicks for touchdowns in a single game. Finished with 10 in his career. 1978, the Indianapolis Racers of the WHA sell Wayne Gretzky and two other players to the Edmonton Oilers for the price of $850,000. How did that investment turn out? It's quite a bargain. One of the great bargains. Uh, Ryan in Iowa. Hey, Ryan. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. It's Ryan like Sandberg. Uh, first time, long time, 6'1", six, 6'2", six, depending which gas station I'm at. Uh, I just uh, wanted to say I love uh, love the, the the portion with Dylan there. Uh, he just needs to show somebody to how to uh, run the graphics back there and uh, get some graphics to liven it up a little bit. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Kind of harsh. Yeah. The uh, podcast Dan Patrick takes a gamble later today. We'll tape that right after the show with uh, Shea and Irving. Dylan, the graphics guy, and bad Larry. <laughs> College football tonight. What do we have? Now, we do have the Titans and the Steelers. Sure. Is there something that's going to rival that? Oh, of course. you got South Alabama, Southern Alabama at Troy. Troy's given three and a half. Okay. Fritzy's been pubbing up Wake Forest for some reason. They're getting ten and a half against Duke. Deeks and Duke and Durham. Let's go. Let's, <laughs> let's not. Uh, TCU at Texas Tech. Very optional defense. The over-under is 59-and-a-half, so TCU at Texas Tech is the fun one. What's TCU's record? Four and four. Okay. Because that was a big win for Colorado, mm-hmm. and then you realize maybe it wasn't that big a win. How did they get in the national title? All right, no. You still look back on that. I don't want to hear that bull junk. That was a big win. By the way, I don't know if you guys have followed this. This according to ESPN. A vast majority of Big Ten coaches expressed their frustration for the ongoing signal stealing investigation at Michigan. They had a video conference call with the commissioner, commissioner of the Big Ten, Tony Petiti, 90 minutes. And Jim Harbaugh wasn't on the conference call. According to sources familiar with the call, a chorus of voices encouraged the commissioner of the Big Ten to take action against Michigan in a call that was described as both intense and emotional. Collectively, The coaches want the Big Ten to act right now. A source familiar with the call told Pete Thamel, we are waiting on, what are we waiting on? We know what happened. They're looking at, um, coaches use the words tainted and fraudulent and unprecedented on this conference call to describe Michigan's uh, signal stealing scheme. Much of the call, according to sources, was coaches explaining to the commissioner both how it worked and how it impacted them and their programs. Okay. Do you think that this impacted voters with Michigan and where they're ranked? Now, what are they, third? It's Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan. Does it affect J.J. McCarthy's Heisman Trophy campaign? 
because he was the leading candidate for a little while, maybe a week or so. And Michael Penix going up against Caleb Williams this weekend is going to be a big deal. But I'm wondering, and as I said when this first broke, college football playoff committee, they don't care about this. That if Michigan is, you know, wins the Big Ten and they're one of the top four teams, then they're playing for the national title. They don't care. NCAA cares, but this is really on the Big Ten. And that's what my source said when this happened. This is up to the Big Ten. If you want to look at sportsmanship and whatever language they had in there. But if you're the new commissioner of the Big Ten, this is this is your moment. This is all right, we're going to, you know, take a stand. I'm going to let the rest of the Big Ten coaches know that I mean business. I'm going to protect the integrity. Or you want to make sure that you get one of those teams in a national title playoff picture. Yeah, Paul. I have a two-part question. Do the other coaches on this conference call in the Big Ten want Jim Harbaugh punished slash out of the conference because of integrity or because it'd be nice to have Jim Harbaugh out of the conference to make Michigan a lesser team to beat? Second part, if you run the conference – why would you want to do anything to help remove Jim Harbaugh from your conference? He does a lot to make that conference relevant. Yeah. I don't know if anything gets done. It all sounds like it's really, really serious and people are really upset, but I, I, and I get it, but I just don't know. How did this guy get on the sidelines at Central Michigan with Central Michigan gear on and a hat, sunglasses at night, and his goatee? And nobody – now you can see him. There's a moment on the sidelines where a player runs by and into the stands, and he ducks his head down. He knows he's going to be on camera. He ducks his head down. And the fact that he just went rogue? Like, what? nobody knew about it? I, I, I'm guessing that that's what you're going to act like. I, I didn't know he was doing that. Yes, Eaton. It would be less surprising if you just heard, like, no, nah, it's just for TikTok. <laughs> like, oh okay yeah yeah i get it it's a tiktok thing that's it's, that's funny that's real funny yeah maybe maybe that's no, just TikTok. maybe that's what you say like what were you doing oh i'm just trying to have fun man isn't it funny like like i snuck on these sidelines made it seem like i was stealing signs here but all these coaches when you start talking about you know fraudulent and you're telling that to the commissioner and jim harbaugh is not on the call he hung up, you know, like he knew that they wanted to talk to the you know, commissioner about this and they have this video conference call. I'd love to I'd love to see a copy of that if somebody had some of that video conference call. You gotta get this guy out of here. Yes, Todd. Sometimes you don't want to take the stand in your own defense. You know, as an attorney, you'll be like, you know what? It's better up. Just let they let it play out. Don't say anything. But how do you th- I wonder what Harbaugh is thinking with all this? That you know, and now the story comes out that these guys are all trashing you. <laughs> and on the on the conference call, do you think Harbaugh actually hung up or did the, all right, guys, see ya, and then just sitting there listening? Well, maybe he could get his sideline sleuth oh. that he could have uh, tapped into that and be like, uh, uh, hey, he's, he's, uh, you know, you have a stenographer there. You're writing down all these things they're saying about Harbaugh. Oh, boy. Yeah, I don't know where it goes. If it go- I don't think it goes anywhere this season. But are you, are you going to punish Jim Hart? How do you punish him? How severe would it be? And, and when would the investigation be over? Because it felt like this was being hand-delivered to the media. Somebody was disgruntled. And I mentioned it might be alumni. 
Um, don't have any sources on that, but felt like somebody is saying, I got all the goods. I got everything you need here. And I'm going to just parcel it out here a little bit and let this build a, a little bit. All right, let's go around the room what we learned on the program. Todd, I'll start with you. What did you learn today? It wasn't the question posed to him, but Ross Tucker would rather be Julian Edelman living in Boston than Randy Moss living anywhere else in the country. Yeah, but that's not, that wasn't the question. That was not the question. The question was, would you rather have Julian Edelman's career or Randy Moss? And he said Edelman in his rings. And he did. All right, Seton O'Connor. Yeah, Ross Tucker's service is currently available. Yes, for $2 million, he'll coach your team. Marvin, what did you learn today? That you want to do voiceover work. Well, I, I think that would be nice. In a world. You can also uh, pick up my book where I do the audio version portion of that. Where, you know, you can hear my voice late at night if you want to. Paulie. Steve Alford had to walk home from the Bloomington Airport. What we learned brought to you by the world's best thoroughbreds. Breaking from the starting gate for the 40th running of the Breeders' Cup World Championships at Santa Anita Park. Tune in. USA and NBC, November 3rd and 4th, to catch all the action. Thanks for your phone calls, emails, tweets, all your support. We're going to do it again tomorrow. It'll be a Meet Friday. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for joining us. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.